You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody! Episode 108 of Besiktas International, the Black Eagles podcast. We are back, and we are keeping it regular here. I think uh, we can definitely say that we are we're sticking to the task of giving you guys a weekly podcast, uh, which was my, my hope when we kind of uh, restarted things. Uh, but anyway, with me again is the new co-host extraordinaire, uh, I don't want to offend time, <laughs> Emran Ackman, the Ackman, how you doing? Sir? Doing all right, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. I mean, you know, all things considered. I don't know what day it is or, you know, what's happening outside of these four walls. No, I'm kidding, obviously, but... You know, whatever. Getting used to it. How about you? No. Getting through the, the quarantine. Things are starting to loosen up, so... The weather is nice, so people are just kind of disregarding it. Going going crazy. Yeah, getting out there. getting. Hopefully we won't see another spike, but, you know, I'm sure we will. <laughs> I'm sure that that's just how it's going to go. Um, but... There is news on the Besiktas front. You know, hopefully none of these, none of this behavior affects the restart of the season. Uh, but as of now, that's still in the works. Uh, we've got news of, of leagues opening up around Europe relatively soon. Right, Evron? I think Germany is first up on the docket. Is that right? Yeah, supposedly. Um, there's still some controversy swirling around. People don't like it. And uh, one of the players got suspended for not taking the uh, the testing protocol seriously enough, uh, Solomon Kalu, but as of now, they're still on track to be restarting within the next 30 days. It's funny that it's Solomon Kalu of all the players. It's one I know that we all recognize the name of. I was gonna, I, I mean, maybe it's harsh to say like a notable troublemaker. I, I don't know if he was like a troublemaker necessarily, but somehow it doesn't surprise me. Like he's a guy who's, had a big name and uh, should have become a star years ago, right? And it just never quite panned out for him. Yeah. Um, but there you go, lacking discipline. Uh, yeah, but so, I mean, as far as we know, things are still in line to start in Turkey. Um, I know coronavirus numbers are sort of up and down. So like, depending on what day, you, you read, it doesn't necessarily sound good, but I mean, still technically we're uh, more than a month away from, from that theoretical opening day. So, you know, these things, like the, the numbers were crazy from like day one to like day four, it shot up so high, but it kind of levels off. And then I suppose, you know, the dip will hopefully happen quickly enough for football to restart. Um, 
what do you got, Evron, in that regard? You know, are you feeling good about all of this? Confident about the league? I'm less confident than last week. I think people are starting to kind of get mad in regards to um, leagues restarting. And then France recently canceled it, I think, since we last reported. Um, the Dutch had already canceled their season. And um, the logistics of it is pretty tough for soccer. It's playing on natural grass. Can't just like you know uh, basketball. You can play all on one court or two courts for for soccer. Disney World or you something. Can't play all on one field. The field will be you know slaughtered. Yeah, um, exactly. Logistics are going to be challenging. Um, I guess, and if they use all the stadiums like normal, I'm not sure how all that traveling will work. So I'm still slightly nervous, but um, I would say I'm at a fifty percent hopeful. Fifty percent not hopeful stuff. So right in the middle yeah i mean it's true it's true that the travel thing is definitely a concern um i mean on the other hand i guess if they're on private jets if they're relatively i don't even want to say responsible i feel like clubs should assume players like won't necessarily be responsible and almost like put them in a facility in a resort or something with their family members even so that you know what i mean like there should be some protocol in that regard just to minimize yeah. you know, these like rich kids basically that you, we create in the footballing world you know uh from just n- not really caring that much about protocol here uh, i mean I, I i still wonder i mean i guess the risk is like coaches and stuff mostly right like you yeah. can say what well, so what if players get sick maybe they won't even be affected that much because like none of the, the athletes who got sick got that sick i don't think but then, yeah, I guess it's coaches, family members. Like, it extends. Uh, all right. <laughs> I guess we'll have to take it sort of serious. Um, but so, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully it'll get going. Anyway, there's there's always news, nonetheless. <coughs> Excuse me. I have a little water here. Yeah, it's a good transition point to carries. Exactly. Uh, there is news anyway. Um, yeah, let's 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 dig in, uh, Evron. I suppose the main, I suppose the main news point. Uh, you'll know what it is. Why don't you lead us off? Yeah, officially, Loris Karius canceled his the rest of his loan or his contract, and he's again a Liverpool player. So if the season does restart, he will not have in goal. He's officially a Liverpudlian again. Sucker. Sucker. Um, yeah, that's, you know, and I think you're going to get a lot of hyperbole in the coming days. He's like the worst keeper we've ever had. Like, as far as his, like, legacy goes, uh, you know, it's not going to be, it's not going to be good. You know, it didn't, he didn't oversee any sort of success with the club. Uh, he was sort of regularly panned in, on social media and, you know, I mean, I think you probably even agree, Evron, that a lot of it was unfair. Um, he's had a sort of fluctuating defense in his time with us uh, and, and like a generally not particularly high quality one at that. Um, crazy time in, in general at the club, players not getting paid, obviously him. That was the case for 
quite a while, it turns yeah. out. Uh, and we, I'll, I'll, you can maybe tell us more about the details of that because I know he's come out with some details uh, personally about what what he went through and everything, and he he like spoke to the fans directly. But um, would you agree with what I've said thus far, everyone, or do you, do you have any disagreements in that regard? Do you, do you think he is maybe the worst keeper we've ever had? It's a little complicated in terms of um, he was good at times but at times he also did kind of suck um, I think particularly yeah. a lot of his mistakes came in the Europa League games um, which was kind of interesting so when he was good he was definitely well above average I'd say like top 5 in the league but even at his best he was never like wow outstanding amazing he was just he was just good, but when he was well, bad, no, no. his howlers. I'm gonna, I'm gonna correct you on that, there. dude. There was, there were a couple of saves he made that were really phenomenal. And, and don't you remember the group chat having that, the lightning bolts? Remember, like people, there were moments where people were genuinely like, Cadius, uh, what did they call him, Odin's son? You know, like there were moments. You gotta give him those. You gotta do it, in fairness. But yes, obviously there were also howlers, and I think. Uh, the one where he punched at the ball, it was like a cross. Do you remember the one I'm talking about? And he and it, he just like whiffed on it and it went in. Yeah. What match was that? Malmo. Was that in the Europa League? Yeah, that was a terrible one. That's a cross. And that in against yeah. Sarpsborg where he came out of the goal ridiculously like a they, total moron. He did that against Bratislava also in the Europa League. So yeah, he had some howlers. I mean, and, and in particular, now that we're thinking about it, they were in this particularly horrid run in Europa League and like so many players were bad in in that stretch of the season that ugh. yeah I mean I hope people aren't under any illusions as far as like him leaving solving anything for this club uh, but it's it, it is official I think we can definitely say that um, yeah, everyone, I guess before I talk about the sort of next talking point that would obviously come from this and give a, a shout out from Twitter and all that, uh, wh what about what he said um, in his like message to the fans and stuff? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. He has like a little post on Instagram. If you guys ever wanted to read it for yourself, but he basically was like, you know, I like Bish Pudge. I like the fans. Thank you for everything. But it was, I tried, like, I, I offered a pay reduction. And the club said no. Um, he said he enjoyed being there. He thanks all of his teammates, all the staff, yada, yada, yada. Thanks to the fans. So basically, he tried to leave on like, a good note. Yeah. But, and he, I mean, he also mentioned that he, there was like multiple stretches where he wasn't paid, even last season. Uh, and he, like, yeah, yeah so. I mean, you can't you can't disagree that it's a bad look for our club, uh, and it's you know in that regard you can't blame Kyrie for trying to clear his name. I think um, you can't not pay you got you got to pay someone. <laughs> you know, I think you agree with me here too, everyone, right? Like, yeah, it's not a good look for us. Because I think they found him as I'm guessing. Once the uh, the going gets tough, you have to pick and choose who you're gonna pick. Mm. So you know, an underperforming loaned player. Yeah, 
I guess the player you choose not to fit, you know? <laughs> well, and it's even to some extent, sorry, it's even to some extent kind of a Robosho situation where like, even if he's playing all right in the different scenario, you're not going to be able to afford that price tag. Because uh, remember it was like 8 million, yeah. it was like an 8 million buyout or I think maybe six left or something. You know, whatever it was, we weren't going to afford it at this rate with our 500K window. So, um, yeah, you know, it was, it was sort of written in the stars. I think the club knew that he was not going to be with us next year. And so, yeah, as you say, when you're picking who to pay and who not to pay, when, when things get that dire, you, you stick with someone who you know is going to be with the club next season who won't be there to hold a grudge, right? <laughs> if they're not being paid from previously or whatever. So that's tough. Um, final words on Karius, everyone. I'll give them to you. Um, well, I guess our chief kit modeler is gone. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. We'll have to find someone else for that job. But all in all, I think he was a good guy, but just he wasn't the best option in his, the cost is just far too much so I think we'll be able to find a much cheaper goalie who can be more consistent Yeah. even if he's slightly let's say he's 5% worse overall but if he can consistently keep that level I think all the fans will be happier with that versus the goal, yeah. versus Karius who was probably better than what we could afford but was just drop like when he was bad he would be, he would be bad yeah. like <laughs> what the hell's going on like we don't really need that type of player right now especially as a keeper. yeah yeah no I think you're right I think he was sort, sort of a project in that like if he was the keeper and I don't mean even just goalkeeper but like the one we're gonna keep <laughs> a keeper yeah I think maybe you know we sort of guard him from criticism and like fluff up his uh, positive aspects and you know like spend time on social media showing his highlights more than his where he falters right but when you know especially when you know he's not gonna probably make it when he can't even afford him and we're going through such terrible times financially and he's showing these sort of psychological lapses where he's I mean you know Maybe it's like a, a footballing thing, you know, where he's he, he's psychological, you know, he's affected still from some of his negative moments and he lets them linger. Maybe there's something under uh, going on beyond that. Maybe, you know, he gets particularly mad at certain stretches because he's not getting paid or he's not getting paid as, you know, what, what, maybe there's some underlying thing that contributes to the, the lapses there, but... You'd think that, like, with your career still theoretically on the line, your reputation, you'd still want to play at your best. And if he did, like, clearly it wasn't quite enough, at least not consistently enough. Uh, so... Yeah, especially now for the extreme cost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, six million, eight million, whatever it was. Ah, uh, we're, we're definitely looking for a free agent. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, uh, it's, it's almost better that it we, we can leave things without feeling too bad about it in a way you know you'd hate to like have another Taliska scenario where you really wish we could keep him and just couldn't so I guess we're better off in that regard um in I'm gonna segue to the next part of that conversation um Frank Jimenez who who has previously commented uh, on giving us questions to answer uh, and we owe you one Frank still on the favorite match 
noted we talked already on Twitter. Um, but so he had a question. He said, Karius left. Who's going to play the remaining season in case it will be played? Yuvakuran, I guess he means Utku, Yuvakuran, uh, didn't do it well after Fabri left and Zengin was injured. Uh, I think, I, I, I don't even know if Zengin, I think we just had already given up on him by then. But, uh, and I haven't seen Destanolu playing. So, question mark. Uh, and uh, this is the obvious next question, you know, in talking about the departure of Karius now, which is official, the obvious next question is like, what are we supposed to do if the, if the season restarts? And like we've already said, it's still slated to do so. So, you know, who are we going to be having start for us in the goal? Uh, and again, everyone, I, I hand it to you. I mean, it, it's clearly between Utku and Ersin at this stage. <laughs> for you know, yeah, I mean, I think we've all few religiously watched Bishkash, you've definitely seen Utku play a couple of times. He's played about four or five times this season. And he played in, I think, a couple times before that. Um, and he's never really been, like, very impressive. He's been, like, he looks decent, but nothing crazy. I think I made, like, a thread on the uh, Bishkash International Twitter about this. Uh, he had four games this season, and uh, he conceded um, quite a few goals. <laughs> The only clean sheet was against a fourth division team. Um, and then in the second leg against that fourth division team, they lost 2 0. You guys remember that? He played in the first league game when we lost 3 0 to Sivas, and he played against Wolves when we lost 4 0. So he's okay. I think that's like no one really has hope for him. He's also 22 or 23, so he's not, he's not old, but he's not you know, like super young talent. And then we have Harrison, who's 19. <clears throat> who's come through the ranks of the youth national teams, 16, 17, 18, and now he's on the, the U19 keeper. So I think that's where people are leaning towards wanting to see, get a chance. Our Twitter poll should certainly show that. 87% of people want uh, Ersin Destanolu to play instead of Utku, but uh, I've never actually really seen him play, so <laughs> can't really say, but. Yeah, no. I'm I've, I gave you the mic there for a minute, everyone. I wanted to hear you uh, riff for a second. Yeah, no, I mean, look. You are right. I think it's more than four games. Uh, and you, you said it, too, that there were a few games previously as well. Yeah, it was four in this season. But, yeah, I think there were three matches last season at the end. Maybe just two. I, I might be including a cup match. But we weren't in the cup last season, so. I mean, I don't Whatever it was, yeah, he's not impressed. He's actually, um, what's the opposite of impressed? <laughs> he's he's uh, deterred interest. He's he's definitely unimpressive for the most part. Yeah, um, I think we discussed it after the uh, Arizona game he, in the chat. I remember he kind of seems like a second league player type thing. He 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 picks out the occasional like nice save, but. He doesn't really have good feet. He doesn't have great reflexes. Doesn't have great positioning. Doesn't. He's just you know all around decent. But I wouldn't. He's definitely not looking like he's gonna be you know that next great Turkish goalie. He's not an Urjan type level player. Certainly not. Yeah. I, and so, in calling him a second division player, I think you're making the the point that I would make, which is more specific to Besiktas, which is he's not Besiktas level. 
Not even as a backup, if we're going to be honest. That leaves us with Ersin Destanolu, who we've seen play. We've seen Ersin play uh, also very minimally. Uh, and I think I can say I was more impressed. He showed more of an aerial presence uh, on crosses and whatnot, you know, set pieces, which was, you know, it was good to see for a kid just in general. Uh, but especially because Utku was, I remember, particularly bad in that regard. I'm guessing you refer to preseason games as... Yeah, it must have been. Yeah. It must have been He hasn't played in any competitive games for us. Yeah, it would have to have been preseason. Yeah, and I was... It must have even been relative, like fairly late into the preseason. Because, you know, some, like usually the first two games are against like Hungarian third division sides or whatever are, are like uh, exclusive to the periscope and whatnot and like it's incredibly hard to really follow anyone closely um but so yeah it must have been he must have played a couple games even relatively late into the preseason i guess but uh, i can't remember them distinctly but yeah he, he looked decent honestly just um i remember khan being more excited i remember feeling about him the way that i felt about how excited everybody was getting about ridvan yilmaz this season in his sort of minimal performances with us, where there was like, oh, he's definitely going to be like the next thing for us at left back. And, you know, like you can look pretty decent over the course of a game or two and and still not like just everyone needs to remember Guven Yelchin, Kyle Laren, like these guys who had a few good games and we put the whole club on the shoulders of basically for, for you know, irrationally, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I still clearly... The answer for me is is Ersin Destanolu too. I agree with the poll, and I assume you you're there too, Evron. Yeah, I think you should get a chance. Look at Kolo. That quote has been uh, used poorly of late, so I don't know if I want to hear that. What could go wrong? Right, that was like hydroxychlor the the medicine. Um, so yeah, uh, things could definitely go wrong, but I guess relative to Udku playing. But yeah, clearly Ersen is the way to go. Uh, and clearly beyond that, uh, for the offseason, that's going to be the major hole to fill, the major deficiency in the starting 11. Which brings us to some other news, I think, Evron. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the news regarding a goalkeeper reported by Sabah. Oh, we're referring to Volkan Babajan? Yes, sir. Yes. Um, yeah. So, as we were talking about last episode, we were debating, you know, who's going to be the next goalie, Sinan Boa, Volkan Babajan, that type player. So, the, the news, the very light rumors, I would say, was, you know, it's not like a Ortachizki official or whatever, but um, Sporax and Saba are saying Volkan Babajan, three year deal, free transfer. And a very low salary, six hundred fifty thousand a year, um, which is definitely on the reasonable end for a starting player. Yeah, I mean you can't argue with the salary there. The price is right. We can definitely say as far as six hundred fifty k, and it's like a two plus one, which is like I, you'd, maybe you'd prefer a one plus one just to minimize risk, like two years committed. But for that cheap, he's at least a backup, right? You'll always need a backup. And yeah. Um, experience at the worst. Yeah, so you know that's 
I have absolutely no problem with that, honestly. Uh, we've talked about, uh, I don't want to rub it in anyone's noses in any, anything here, but I definitely predicted Volkan Babajan last week. You, you had Vo- Sinan Bolat in your <coughs> target, so I <coughs> may have won that one. But <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. A lot of time. Left. That's true. Yeah, there's really, and I can't stress this enough. Like there is absolutely nothing official right now, and anyone who reports otherwise is foolish because, frankly, it's impossible. Uh, Except the, the, leaving is, is official. Yeah, well, is that's absolutely real. Yeah, no, he's confirmed it himself. But uh, as far as, like, transfers, I mean, yeah, you can't... The, the window's not open. The season's not over. Like, yeah. Uh, we there was all, an interview, actually, to segue in from the uh, vice president, Emre Kojada, who said um, they asked him about in Sakala if he's going to come, and he said, we have many contacts, but we can't agree with any players because, A, the transfer window's not open. Um. With Corona, we don't know when the leagues will restart. Uh, or if. Uh, all that type of stuff is, or if they will, yeah. So all the uncertainty is kind of stopping all the transfers for now. So I think everything's kind of like preliminary. That You know, they, we are talking to players or agents or whatever, but nothing has really come to fruition or can't come to fruition until all the, the chips, all the pieces fall in place. Yes. Uh, and like... Gosh, you, you hate to have to give credit to the club for saying something like that because it's such a basic thing. But like, that's I guess where we've been, you know, for the last two years, where we can now we have to like give a little little golf clap when the, the board just like speaks the truth. <laughs> but yeah, good for them. That's right. Um, it's absolutely correct to point out that that's this. It can only be speculation at this point. And even if they had made firm contact with Insakala or whatever, if they admitted to it, that'd be tampering. <laughs> like, yeah. there's no point even, like, bothering asking. Um, as far as, like, while we're still on speculation, though, I guess, uh, we do have stuff from Takuzin. Um We've spoken previously about how both of us would not mind seeing a return for Ozan Oziakup. Given the situation we're in, I think we'd we'll probably both ideally love to be able to move on and like make an upgrade to position. But considering it's probably either Ozan or a significant downgrade at the position, we've both pretty much come around to wanting him to return. Uh, and just generally, he's a guy who could technically make a leap considering we know his kind of potential. Uh, and Sergei Yeltsin wanting him to come back, you know, have putting effort into his development and giving him focus uh, could only be positive. But so tell us a little bit about what I'm talking about, <laughs> Evran. Yeah. So it's reported that he's willing to take a 50% pay cut, which is a lot if it's true, from 2 million euros to 1 million euros. So, or euro, 1 million euros. So, um... Yeah, I, I would definitely think if that is true, Bistas will be very willing to accept that. Is fifty percent for anyone is, especially while you're still under contract, is a massive pay cut. So I hope it's true. Yeah, I would love to see him back. For speculation, that. but the well, the number of speculation. I'm assuming he will take a pay cut because whoever will buy him will require he takes a pay cut. So it's kind of like where are you going to take the pay cut? But the amount is, you know, we'll see. Yeah, no, I mean, 
Gosh, really, if you think about it, getting him on a discount, it's almost too good to be true, right? For a guy who even theoretically <laughs> wanted to leave. But, I mean, I think if it's true, it would absolutely 100% be because Sergei Yeltsin has very publicly said that he wants to, like, mold the kid. And it really, it makes sense that, like, when you consider... A, the potential we, we know him to have, which I've already spoken about, uh, but B, also the, the sense that we're kind of downsizing in general, right? Like, we've spoken about how we're going to spend less from now on and focus more on youth and development and all that. But so to have a guy like Ozan be a kind of talismanic presence, you really hope he could recapture his form and, like, be the the model for what these youth kids could become if they put in the hard work and da 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 you know so like yeah he'd he'd be a a good thing to sort of reincorporate in a positive way into the rotation and have him you know resuscitate his uh quality as well he'd be like an experienced player with um if he plays well we don't potential to make some money off of him still yeah exactly because he's not many people say that ship has sailed but you know if he has a great season i mean that ship has sailed the ship that has sailed is a ship that has just in a larger sense like the idea of us getting like 15 to 20 million for a player at all like for us to even be able to bring in a player who can then sort of have that kind of an output it's like we're at the point now where like it depends on a guy like hasich developing over the course of the next like four or five, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no <laughs> that whole ship has sailed, so like that's fine. Um, but so yeah, no, it would be great to have him back, and, and it, that that would be fantastic news, whether it's Takvim reported or not. Uh, yeah, I sure hope that comes true, and like that's the kind of news that could actually be back in the works because, as you said, the Dutch season has been canceled, so he can kind of make that decision as with the kind of club out there and everything as far as what they're going to do next year. So, yeah, uh, let's round... Well, no, I guess before we talk about the sort of more wildly speculative thing, there's some more news of a guy being brought back. And this one is something of a shocker, if if we're going to be honest. I almost hope that the reporter saw the name Ozan and then just, like, filled out the article and then, like, later came back and it was actually Ozan. (laughs) But, um... Yeah, this is actually about another Ozan, Idron. Tell us a little bit about that one, Evron. What the what what on earth is going on with him? Yeah, so he posted actually on his Twitter, so it's kind of reliable-ish. Um, a picture with him and the the president, the new president of Tibia, kind of like a you know him saying he's happy with the the president. Uh, you know, he's treating him better and he's being honest with him. Yada yada yada. So he's been like kind of stuck in the reserves, not playing, not training. Um, and his contract is up. So you would think, you know, he's 23, failed prospect. We're going to let him go. That's the last former Dortmund yeah. youth player and Schalke youth player. But uh, instead, apparently we've re signed him for three more years on a reduced salary, which is already pretty low as far as I'm aware of. But I guess he, had, he was like a big prospect, though. <laughs> um,. So I guess it was kind of like he was frozen out of the team under the Ormond era, and the current president wants to like reevaluate why that happened. Um, and apparently, Atiba Hutchinson, Cornelia, is like a big fan of him, and is concerned why he wasn't training under uh, 
Abdullah Abja. So actually, as of today or yesterday, Ulsan Adoa trained with the first team. Well, like you know, that group of five. Wow. For the first time that I've been aware of, and it's reported that Sergan will give him another chance to break back into the team. He's now 23 years old. And so to distill that into a headline, I, Ozan Idoan will be returning on an extension. And I think it could be up to, was it like even like a three-year extension? Yeah. Something pretty serious. Granted, small money, so it's okay, right? Uh, either way. But not just an extension, but also a sort of promise for the opportunity to compete for first-team action with the club. You know... What, whatever, honestly, like it, we can all assume that Lijic is is guaranteed to be on his way out. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. On further on that point, he only ever played 20 minutes ever for the senior team. Yeah. Now it was in 2017 in a cup appearance off the bench. Yeah. I mean, to call him an unknown um, is, a, is an understatement, if ever there was one. Some of the, want to know some of the players playing that day, Veli Kavlak and Gekhan in there were in midfield. There you go. So that's how far. How far things have come. How long ago. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> interesting. That's like a random, out of context, Besiktas <laughs> thing. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't I don't hate it, honestly. Uh, I, like I was sort of going with already, Lijic is out. That leaves just Aydin Hasic. Uh, we need a goalkeeper, most of all. We also need a left back, a striker, uh, you know, there are even before a striker, a central midfielder. Um, so like the needs outweigh um, our funds, clearly. And so the ability to pay for a number 10, you know, I think uh, goals, as I've said on numerous occasions, cost. Uh, but so, you know, a keeper, or sorry, a striker and a number 10 are typically, especially for quality, the most expensive positions. Uh, and so that's not really something we have the time for at, at present. Uh, certainly not the funds for. So I, it makes sense. You you obviously want someone to compete with Hasich for the for the number ten role, uh, and and then to either take that starting spot or to to back that starting spot up. And so to have Ozan Ido on there, I guess like what else do we have? You know, frankly. Uh, there are a couple other players, Erdem Sechkin and uh, Kartal Kaira. I mean, but most, I both, both, both of them are are more kind of central midfieldy players, though, right? They're they're more suited to sort of coming back a little. Yeah, more. they're like. I mean, Ozan Idoan is really a number ten. I mean, I don't know if I can say yeah, really. He's more of a true number ten than the other two, but. At the youth levels, they both played as number 10. And at the senior level, they've been more like a number eight type thing. Boy, I mean, this is a good segue for the next news se segment, isn't it? I guess we should really start talking. So, I mean, that's it. Ozan Idron's coming back. He's going to get a shot at things, which is really like, I guess, to put a sort of punctuation on all of this. The, for anyone who doesn't believe that we're really in dire straits and downsizing and that like this economic turmoil has finally caught up to us, I feel like this should be the kind of news that gets through your thick skulls. <coughs> uh, that like there's clearly no savior. We're not bringing in Talishka. There's no giant investment going anywhere. Like we're we're going back to the likes of Ozan Idoan. That's that's where we are. So 
there should be a dose of reality at the very least that comes with that news. Um, but so while we're on the topic of Ozan Aydoğan, Erdem Sechkin, Kartal Kaida, Yilmaz, uh, we have some news there too. And I guess, yeah, we've got, uh, so, uh, all right, we'll leave the, the transfer. There's one bit of transfer news that we'll be safe for last because it's speculative and fun. So it'll keep the listeners glued to their headsets. But um, so first let's talk about youth a little bit. There's news from the coach who uh, oversaw both Aydin Hasic and Erdem Sechkin. Uh, what team was it? What were, they, what were they playing for? Umraniyes for yes, uh, which I believe is in Istanbul. Too. Isn't that where our training facility is? Something like that. So yeah, somewhere. Yeah. I mean, anyway, whatever it is, um, or the old one maybe. But but yeah. So there's news from the coach who managed over those two players, and then you also had something to say about stats regarding youth players. But uh, let's yeah. let's tie that all together. I guess go for it. Uh, what do you got? from Umranie and then etc. <laughs> yes, yeah, so this was a Orta Chizgi official, so or exclusive, whatever it says. Yeah, it was a pretty reliable. Um, the coach of that team said when he came in uh, right before like the um, Corona cut off of the season, Ardem was pretty close to breaking into like the starting 11. And then with Hasic, it's kind of like he hasn't been playing, like what's up with him? And he's like, oh, he's super talented. Don't worry about it. But he doesn't defend type deal. That was like what he was saying. So he was doing some like tough um, love coaching where he's like, yeah. Oh, okay. You're not going to play till you come back and defend, which good, right? At the young age where you need to learn those lessons, I suppose. So he's had two appearances that were 37 minutes so far. Hostage was just not a lot. But they were coming on, right? Like, they were increasing. Like it started out with him not appearing at all and, like, was kind of on an uptick, as I recall, right? Before the season got suspended. Uh, sort of. Not really, uh-oh. <laughs> he played one game and then didn't make the squad for three. Played one game, didn't make the squad again. And then the season stopped. So, it's kind of like they're saying he's very talented. 18-year-old, he's two years younger than Erdem Sechkin. Which I guess is another point to point out. But they want him to defend. The second division is very competitive. Um, a lot of one-goal games, two-goal two games, especially like in that mid-table trying to qualify for promotion. If you look at the results of that, he's been in, or his team's been in, it's 1-1-1-2-0-1-2-0. Every game's kind of like that. So they don't necessarily have any blowouts to sub them on for, and they don't want to risk having a talented youngster who won't defend on the field in a key moment like one of the, I, I i'll never forget how people got on kagawa about that goal that as if it was solely his fault i still resist the proposition um uh but so so that's like good and bad news like for anyone who was really worried about him not getting playing time we have a bit of an answer and something to relax us with him saying how talented he is now what about edem sechkin what did we learn about him did he have anything to say about his specific qualities or ability? No. He just said he's like ready to break into the 11. But to be honest, based on the, I think he's exaggerating a little bit because he started the first two games and then after that, hasn't really played much. So, 
So I'm going to wash my hands over here so that... Uh, I'll keep this on air again, too. This is our weekly reminder, everyone. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Take care of our elderly uh, family members, neighbors, <laughs> whatever it might be. Uh, sorry. Back in action. It's funny how that seems to work out every week. We get a little wash your hands reminder, but... Um, so yeah, that's that's all we have as far as concrete news regarding Besiktas players, specifically youth players. Um, but you had a little sort of something to talk about regarding stats. You know, what is it? You have an observation here, Evan? What do we got here? Yeah, there was a uh, kind of like a CIES study done on all the first divisions across world football, and so they had like you know the numbers of or percentages of minutes played from players under 21 within the league. Uh, so the Turkish league is tied for last place in the entire world with 3.7% of minutes given to U21 players tied with the Saudi league. And That's notable. I yeah. Especially the fact that it's the Saudi league. Because we all know the reputation the Saudi league has for overspending for old players with sort of a waning reputation that's just their mo and so you kind of expect yeah of course ha 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 they're not focused on their development at all they're not uh taking that seriously but to see but turkey in literally in oh like that's that's really something isn't it yeah but sorry what else like how specifically how does besiktas line up and like who's doing the best in turkey who's doing the worst etc so there's like Four teams kind of pretty close around the, in the 9% to 10% range. Fenerbahce is in first with 10%. Antalya is 9.9%. Travelo is 9.6%. Riza is 9.2% for minutes given to players under 21. Bishkash is 2.7% of minutes given to U21 players, which is not very good. Um, it's about mid, mm-hmm. mid, mid-table, upper mid-table, I guess, for this stat. So... And what's particularly notable about this for me is that people make the argument, yeah, but you can't sacrifice the now for the future. Like, that's absurd that, you know, you'd... Right? Like, that's that's the logic for, for never playing young guys. Like, we can't afford to risk... But according to that statistic, all of the teams and leagues that are better than us are giving way more time to young players. So how does that <laughs> logic stand that you can't be good by playing young players when everyone who's doing it is significantly better than that? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, even the top five leagues, which are all on like the lower end of the scale, um, La Liga's at 7%, um, Serie A's at 7.7%, Premier League's at 8.5%. So they're all around double us. They're yeah. doubling, beyond yeah. doubling. Yeah, beyond doubling. Actually percentage wise so that's so embarrassing honestly like that to me really goes to the heart of the problem for turkish football uh and it's that short-minded impatient approach that has plagued us for so long um it's like since we started this podcast i've been advocating for an uh, Ix like approach to development and focusing on that like and it's been farcical from day one as well because you just know that even if you brought in 
this like messianic type of character who had all that foresight and like knowledge and ability and all that and money, uh, they would still not be allowed to, to do anything because the fans would give up on them within a year and a half at at the most, right? Um, ugh. Ugh. That's despicable. Uh, I do not want to leave the episode on that note because <laughs> that is terrible, honestly. Um, do you want to say anything else about that before we move on to the final piece of news, which is about Cabot? Um, well, Cabot, I don't know. probably Cabot. He's French. But uh, yes, Cabot. <laughs> I think it's just kind of been saying that things need to change. And I predicted Corona would kind of force us to change. But even I didn't anticipate it being that bad. Um, yeah. Like, but it really, you must be a, you might, you might be having a nice little, I told you so moment at the very least. Cause. But like, you gotta realize like how many leagues are in this. We're talking like Guatemalan league, Chinese league, Egyptian yeah, really league, Thai league, Iranian league. Like every league is accounted for. And Turkey's in last. So in terms of. And you know what it is? It's. Plays. People always point to all of the factors that should make Turkish football not just good, but elite. Considering the money, the passion, the history, right? Historicity. Uh, all of that stuff. They point to how, like, what is wrong with Turkish football? And so basically what, what you, you've got all, of, like, think of the scales of justice, right? right? You've got all of this weight on the one side that should give you all the success. But the, so then on the other side, there's something weighing it down, not just equally, but like forcefully the other way in a negative sense. And that's just m terrible management, right? Just complete mismanagement of youth, development, uh, money, um, just corruption, right? That's been a thing for quite a while. Like there, there are so many things plaguing Turkish football and, and that, the fact that they're so much heavier than all the positives that people always point to really is like, that's it. And, and and this figure on development is, at least in a footballing sense, right? If you want to really find the, the link between where money and corruption, all that stuff kind of hits football in the biggest way, this is it right there, right? Like when, when people's interest is just in money, the, the way it represents, because they'll bring in talent, because like you can buy names and you can have minimal scouting ability that can kind of give you something to put on the field but when you really don't know the game that's where it shows the most is, is how are you raising kids how are you teaching kids to play and how are you emphasizing that and so there it is when you have a league that's all about money and and people kind of putting their face on things without really uh being knowledgeable or even really caring about the end result that's the result, I think, is what you have in Turkey right now, unfortunately. <laughs> um, you have anything to say about that, or shall we move on to our final point? We move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's dark, man. It's dark. It is dark. But all right. Finally, a little glimmer of hope. We have some transfer news. I don't even know if we can call it that. Glimmer of hope, but. Jimmy Cabo or Cabot, depending on his deal. What do you got for us there, everyone? Um, yeah, we're linked to a uh, a French winger 
who plays currently in the division of France. Um, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. So, uh, but because has been linked with him, along with a couple other French teams, um, his team's getting promoted to League League uh, League One. His but, team uh, is Lorient. Yeah, Lorient. Yeah, but uh, he's out of contract. Uh, he's not like an outrageously talented player that you'd be like, wow, in terms of like history. We got he's, him. He's you know 26. Um, bounced around in league uh, league day a little bit this season for starting on you know the best team in the league he has four goals two assists and 27 appearances haven't seen him play but he's had a couple decent seasons in the first league and a couple less productive seasons but he's never been you know like a a world beater um, so I think it's it'll be an interesting transfer um, if it does happen definitely cost effective you know free agent and I don't think he will be commanding like those salaries we've been seeing from we've been given out in the past like Laren or anything like that I think it'll be very reasonably priced but it's possible that um, we just get outbidded because the other teams linked with him are potentially more financially sound than us so yeah I mean who knows what happens there or if he wants to come you know the news surrounding us isn't yeah. all, always very good um but yeah, that's exactly the kind of move I guess you have to be looking at right now are these sort of under the radar free agents that, you know, you may see performing well uh, and who don't have a lot of attention. And so, you know, you go you go for it. The age is right at 26, right? Because that's just the age where he could become something, uh, but it's not too late for us to recoup some money off of him or you know, or, or keep him around for a few years if it, if it yeah. sticks for whatever reason. Theoretically, so, he should be in his prime. Theoretically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And again, if he's done that under the radar and if he's reached his prime under the radar, that means his transfer value is sort of probably underrated as well. And so you can yeah. put him on the spotlight and show everyone how much more valuable he should be. And then boom, you're making money or you got a great team or whatever, whatever it is. Uh, but so, yeah, you know, it, We've sort of struck out in France before uh, via Robocho, uh, this kind of move alone or whatever. I mean, this isn't alone, I guess. It's the free agent buy, I, on the other hand. And I think I, if, you, if Robocho had been a buy and if we were committed to him, if we didn't kind of know we weren't going to be able to afford him at the end, uh, maybe things would have been different with him. Um, but so, yeah, I don't know. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with that news. Cabot, Cabot. Whatever it is, there's a pretty good cheddar cheese, Cabot. What is it, Cabot? I think it's Cabot. Uh, so I have a good history with that name. <laughs> Positive feelings. Uh, but so, yeah, I don't think we have any more news, do we? No, we covered everything. Nice. Um, yeah. Gyasi. We didn't mention Gyasi last time. But there, yeah. there, that news has sort of died down, so I don't think... It was extremely, extremely uh, helpful, the sources and the reasoning and all that. Yeah, let's not even do it, because it's also dated now and, and it hasn't come up since, so... No. Let's take it out! So, <clears throat> as always, stay safe, everyone out there. Uh, stay home as long as you need to, whatever it is. Uh, hit us up on 
Twitter, uh, the mothership, Besiktas International, at Besiktas underscore INT. Follow my friend Evron over here, at fan of BJK. Follow myself, at sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Uh, stay in touch with us. Keep the questions coming in. Frankie over there in Mexico. Ozzy over there and wherever you are. Uh, anyone else who wants to contribute. We love the questions. Gives us a little bit of something to focus on. Um, and Frankie, stay, stay, in, stay tuned for the, the big episode where we talk about our favorite matches in our lives and our hi- personal histories with Besiktas. Should be a fun one. We're going to get Khan back as well as We'll see some other special guests. Maybe a twin from Scotland. Maybe a, a Yusuf. I don't even know. We'll, we'll see. It'll be a surprise for us all. But uh, it should be fun. Everyone, you got anything to say to these suckers? Close them out with? Um, I guess uh, stay patient. That's, that's my hard voice. <laughs> with soccer and everything, is, it's going to be a lot of waiting. There you go. Yeah, and uh, stay tuned, meanwhile, because we'll keep you educated, informed, and entertained. (laughs) And on that note... Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.